will fix you. Hello, and welcome to We Will Fix You. We return after a brief hiatus in which I was kidnapped by a woodland sex cult. It's less fun than you'd think. Anyway, thanks to everyone who went to the awareness-raising bake sale at the sunken church. So kind. If you'd like to sustain our merry podcast, feel free to write to us at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com. I am Roger Hart, the Executive Vice President. This is Mr. Dave Convery, Steve Bannon's personal taxidermist. You've got to really dry him out before you do any work on him. And Ms. Lucy Boyes, an amateur aquarium. I've got the fish in, I've got the water in, I'm sloshing a lot, but I'm not having the screen so you can actually see him installed until next week. And this evening we come together to answer a question. Dear Gardener's Question Time. An error I have noted. I have a reasonable sized front and back garden. At the moment they are both a mess of weeds, broken fences and odd ornaments left by the last owners. I'd like to make the front garden look welcoming to visitors and the back garden suitable for barbecues and reading. I've never successfully kept a plant alive and have no interest in gardening. What should I do with the space? Ms. Boy. I've got a, I want to throw out a few ideas for you because I think you've got a lot of potential options here. So you could leave the weeds and the ornaments and all of that's already there. You know, add a few bundles of hair, some piles of salt and herbs, candles, pentagrams. Charge entry. It's an outdoor museum of the occult. Moneymaker. You could pay someone to create bizarre or adorable topiary for you. I've seen sort of monster faces, little seal head popping up out of your lawn, that's quite nice. Giant dicks, giant dicks made out of a hedge. Pac-Man's an easy one, you just get yeah. one of those round trees and then cut a quarter of it off. Perfect. Job done, it could be eating smaller shrubs. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, you could do a massive extension or put sort of summer house-like structure out there. It's your outdoor office, garage, workshop, sex dungeon, whatever appeals to you. But I think... This is Britain, after all. You know, spaces are at a premium, and so is housing. And I think the most British thing you could do with your garden is to build another much smaller house there and get someone who's younger and poorer than you and have them pay you to live in it. So that's what I'm going to go with. Patriotic. Mr. Connery. Well, I, too, have uh, taken into account Britain's uh, peculiarities. So uh, I I did some field work for this. I went outside and I had a look at the front garden and what people do to welcome uh, other people into their home. And um, what you do is you concrete over it and then you fill it with detritus, um, some bins, some discarded chicken carcasses, one probably functional car and at least one that really doesn't work or sort of explodes when it started that's quite important so you leave those out there mm. that's what people expect that's what's comfortable to them and that, that's that's your front garden sorted there's one near us they have i think about seven land rover defenders none of which look like they work just all crammed in god it makes me feel patriotic mm. the back garden though back garden presumably more private fences and whatnot we do like territorialism such possibilities there so there's some things you've got to take into account first of all so right you're building a thing and let's be honest let's let's go big or go home let's let's not fuss about with ornaments and and whatnot let's build another building like let's get you a smaller house next to your house 
can only be two and a half meters tall. That's a, that's the thing. Otherwise, you've got to get planning permission. And for some of the stuff that that I, th I think you might want to do, you're not going to want the feds involved. And you also can't cover more than half of the ground outside, uh, around the house, with an outbuilding. But I think that takes into account like both gardens and and nothing in the chicken carcass dead car area counts as a building. So you're probably fine there. So you can use eh, most of your back garden to build this thing in. So. Sort of depends on how big your garden is as to what you can do with it. So starting with a small and dull, like probably the smallest thing you can build is an outside toilet. Quite a tall one, but uh, you can build an outside toilet. Probably no need for that in this day and age, but... Always helps uh, to have a spare. I'm not judging, yeah. People around. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, if, if you live with someone who has dietary issues, you can banish them. Isolate the norovirus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quarantine toilet. That's, that's a good one. So... Bit, bit bigger, you could have a greenhouse, a shed. These are things that people put in gardens. I wouldn't recommend a greenhouse because it then brings back having to look after vegetation unless you just want to use it again, like maybe as another quarantine area if they have malaria or something, they need that sort of tropical environment. Or another place to keep random old shit in your bent up old rakes, lawnmowers that won't start. Yeah, but shit that you really want to see. Mm. Like, it could be like a Wunderkaminer for the, for the garden just full of shite and on, on beautiful display. You can have a, a, a shed with a small office. I'd, I'd quite like a garden office. That sounds nice. Bit bigger, a workshop. I'd like a workshop as well. My house is basically full of tools and sawdust at this point. It's fucking ridiculous. So like a, an on-site workshop would be lovely. That's a, that's a nice thing and you can go out and do crafts and, and what have you. And, Everyone gets used to the sound of you running a drill or a table saw, and in time, who knows, that might come in useful for something else. But, if there's enough space, and I say this bearing in mind that I, I spent my formative years, it was the 1990s, you should build a Laser Quest arena. Um, you need basically a prefabricated shed, you need some of that shit chipboard that they used to make the scenery and cover out of, build a few pillars in there and then you basically cut a hole in the side and run a dry ice machine into it periodically you need a power line for charging up the vests and basically uh, what I'm saying is build a temple to my childhood I don't get to play laser quest anymore I'd quite like to play some laser quest uh, in, in laser your garden quest. we are going to come around to your garden and play laser quest whether you like it or not and it says also barbecues and reading so uh, you still got half a space so put a chair and a barbecue outside the laser quest. Barbecue laser quest party. Yeah. At yours. Stakes and laser quest on you. We're in. Mr. Hunt? Yeah, okay, so um, some interesting interesting suggestions, some of which I think miss some of the core of the question. So you talk about it being easy to maintain. Most of these suggestions have been welcoming to visitors, laser quest, sure. Um, low maintenance, it, but it is, it is a tall order. This, it's a tall order that more conventionally fulfilled by decking a small lawn and some container plants. Maybe easily cared for foliage like Japanese maples or actually blueberries are quite pretty in autumn and not that hard to look at after. Decking's excellent as a, as a death trap as well. Mm -hmm. If you want to kill off an elderly relative, yeah. install some decking, leave it three months until it gets covered in algae and moss and then say, hey, come and look at the decking. Yeah. They will fall and die. It's also uh, angry frogs sometimes like to live under there and they get really mad if you try and get them out. 
Did you just meet one particularly angry frog? Uh, I knew someone whose decking had an angry frog problem underneath. This is excellent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who doesn't love frogs? You could also get a little patio furniture in the mix, or a shallow, low-effort pond. This is all standard. These are things you could do. This is what a sensible person would suggest. I am not that person, and I do not think that cuts it. So, for me, the core of your question is being welcoming to visitors. You talked about barbecues, you talked about hospitality. If you look at TripAdvisor, the main thing most British visitors to any location, especially a garden, will complain about is parking. Parking is the UK's real national religion. People think it's a fucking human right to have a parking space outside their house. There was an older acquaintance of mine on Facebook who said that the thing she was most thankful for today on Thanksgiving was parking. Yeah. That's a true story. And God help you if you have the temerity to suggest that parking might be a bit unsightly or bad for pedestrians or access or contribute to spurious damage in car use because, you know, you'll basically be tarred and feathered. Parking is very important to the British. So we're going to build some because it's what people see as welcoming. Above and beyond this, tarmac is hard wearing, so you won't have any scorching issues with the barbecue. And if you want to make it a bit nicer when you're having people around, you can still put up some container plants. Just push them to the edges, bring them in for decor. That's the nice thing about containers. If bare tarmac isn't your bag. Now, first issues first, how much parking? How big even is your garden? You said that it's kind of sizable. So I'm going to just assume sort of one and a half average size UK gardens, basically. I'm going to assume you've got a small one out front and an average one out back. Um, This actually isn't that easy to work out. It turns out the Office of National Statistics don't maintain um, an inventory of garden sizes necessarily, but they do for house sizes. Now, um, Garden Organic, the organic gardening charity in 2006, surveyed a number of homeowners and determined that the average garden in the UK was about 90 square metres. Are you supposed to know how big it is just off the top of your head? Because I couldn't tell. I mean, I could send Dace out the measuring tape, but... I think that's what you're meant to do. Okay. Um, And obviously, who can be asked, which is probably why I've pulled out the data. Now, I'm going to assume that what happens here is that garden sizes behave in roughly the same pattern as house sizes. So the average size for a new-build three-bedroom home in the UK, as determined by a Royal Institute of British Architects report a couple of years ago, um, is um, outside London, and again, this, this groups together houses and flats to get the average, but is about 88.9 um, square metres, and it was 98 in 2003. So it's deca- and it's, the trend is firmly down with a few little blips in, around new-builds. New-build flats are getting larger, actually. Um, so the general trend is an 11% decay across 14 years. So if you roughly apply that, let's say your back garden is about 80 square metres and your front garden's half that, so you're playing with 120 overall. Now, according to the government information on parking standards, um, 2.4 by 4.8 metres is your standard parking space, which gets you 6.94 recurring parking spaces um, in your back garden. Um, so we'll call it six with a bit of space between them. So three up front, six around the back, total of nine spaces and 120 square metres. Perfect. Nine parking spaces. You are so fucking British. Um, now, tarmac isn't free, but according to a bunch of quotation checking websites, typical UK estimate for a um, 30 square metre drive tarmacking is about £2,500, about 80 odd quid per square metre. That was prices as current to February 2017, and it's probably a full service affair rather than just getting someone to turn up with a wheelbarrow and rip you off. Um, so, about 10k to cover the whole lot. I think that seems steep and you can probably get cheaper. Or just charge to pay for it, and this is where being even more British, just being kind of petty and fussy and getting to issue parking tickets really comes in. So, um, the median 
price of a parking space on my street, if you want to rent it for a month, is 80 quid. Interestingly, 45 in the shithole I grew up in, um, according to the Parklet calculator. Didcot, the most statistically mean conformant town in the UK, 85 pounds. Bloomsbury, Central London, 175, let's say 80 quid a month. Um, that gets you, assuming you're renting them all out, six, six around the back, three up front, about 720 quid a month which is going to pay for the costs in about 14 months, longer if you reserve a couple of spaces for guests. So this is basically free. You, you get ultra-patriotic, grimy commercialism and parking. It's hard-wearing, it's welcoming to visitors, you can have a barbecue, and eventually you'll get some cash. Uh, if you don't find something there, I don't know what, what's wrong with you, quite frankly. Um, really, I'm not kidding about the Japanese maples. They're easy to care for, they're beautiful, they come in multiple varieties, the foliage is lovely. I, I have some on my windowsill. Well, some prime fixing. Now, perhaps like me, you've been kidnapped by a woodland sex cult. Perhaps you were in the woodland sex cult. Wouldn't that be exciting? Either way, we imagine it's given you some vexations. And perhaps the odd rash. If something troubles you, itches at you, nethers or soul, why not send your questions to wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com. Ta-da! <laughs>